Second Chance by Robert Kiyosaki. One sentence summary. Second Chance prepares you for the greatest evolutionary event in history, which we're all living through right now. The shift from the industrial age to the information age, where jobs and traditional educations aren't the right tools to build wealth anymore. My favorite quote from the author is, Winners are not afraid of losing, but losers are. Failure is a part of the process of success. People who avoid failure also avoid success. Robert Kiyosaki Robert T. Kiyosaki is a legend. Controversial, but still a legend. Rich Dad Poor Dad was one of the first books on 4-minute books. Last year, he published a new book called Second Chance, which helps you deal with the aftermath of the 2007-2008 subprime mortgage and housing and subsequent worldwide financial crisis where get a degree, work hard, become wealthy was the blueprint for financial success in the industrial age, those claims don't work any longer. Kiyosaki suggests taking a different route. Here are three solid principles from the book to help you take your finances into your own hands. 1. Schools only teach people how to be poor. 2. Pick one of the four asset categories and start learning. 3. Don't fear debt as long as you're using it to acquire assets. Buckle up, you're about to get some serious crisis prep. Second chance, lesson one. You can't get a financial education in school. They only teach you to be poor. This answers the question, what is the most underprovided subject in school? As I read this, I made a shocking realization. Education might not be the solution to eliminate poverty. For years, I've been angry at governments around the world for not investing into the education system. However, even if every country in the world had a proper education system, that might not solve the problem. Yes, people who finish high school and get degrees earn more on average. But that doesn't make them good at handling finances. Robert thinks, 50 or 100 years down the line, and until then, the old-school college job retirement model might not even remotely work out anymore. Its demise has long begun. By not actively being taught the basics of finance in school, and instead trying to push us into the employee mindset of a hard-working, tax-paying consumer, schools teach us to handle our money poorly, no matter how much we eventually end up making. Even the million-dollar salary of a BMW board member starts to look a lot less attractive considering they have to pay 50% of it in taxes. But if a job's not the way to go, then what should you do? Well, I'm glad you asked. Second chance, lesson two. Pick one of the four asset categories and start educating yourself. This answers the question, which areas of finance should you look at first when trying to educate yourself? Robert has long been talking about the four categories of assets. Right after taking stock of your current financial situation with an income statement and a balance sheet, listing out all of your incomes, expenses, assets and liabilities, you should pick the asset category you're most curious about and start learning. No one's going to educate you about finance. You have to do it yourself. So here are the four categories with some examples. Category number one, businesses. You can own one or multiple, and they ideally don't require your presence. This could mean leaving the CEO position of a company you've built and becoming an advisor, 
or running one or more online businesses, which keep running even when you don't actively work on them every day. Category number two, real estate. Buy apartments, houses, condos, land to build on or warehouses. Learn everything you can about housing prices. Survey an area near where you live for cheap deals and interview real estate agents to know all there is to know before pulling the trigger. Category number three, paper assets. Stocks, IOUs, bonds, ETFs, index funds, options, derivatives, penny stocks, basically anything you can buy via a broker. The options are vast, ranging from long-term investments to short-term deals. And category number four, commodities. Agriculture, livestock, silver, gold, rare metals, oil, natural gas, and even water is a commodity. These investments are often used to hedge against anything money-based, such as credits, loans, and currencies. Because when all goes to hell, these will still be worth something. Robert himself is most invested in commodities and real estate. He loves buying historic buildings and has a knack for gold. Thanks to his dozens of books, he also has a nice passive income stream on the business side. It doesn't matter which one of these most fascinates you, what counts is getting started today. Because learning about these is what will help you reach a financial level of independence no job can ever provide you with. Second chance, lesson three. Don't fear debt. Instead, take on debt and use it to acquire assets. This answers the question, is debt always bad? Have you heard of cases where someone got a raise but ended up worse than before due to sw switching tax rates? This happens all the time and proves working harder isn't always the best solution to making more money. Robert loves to do the opposite of what everyone else does. The worldwide financial crisis has left us terrorized of taking on debt. And when you look at what most people use it for, that's not inappropriate. Paying $250,000 for a medical degree or depreciating liabilities like a new car or TV sure is scary. But using debt to make more money by doing less isn't. Loans have never been cheaper. You can get huge sums of money at 1-3% to interest rates. And Robert says he's happy to seize this opportunity. As long as you invest the money in assets that will make you more money than you owe, there's no reason you should fear taking on debt. Robert started buying real estate in the 1980s, and thanks to doing his homework, had no problem with taking on a $45,000 loan to finance a small apartment for $50,000, at 10% interest. His monthly payments for the loan came out to $450, but since the area the apartment was in was up and coming, he got $750 in rent. That's an extra $300 going right into his pocket every month. If you know what you're getting into, you can use that to create assets and generate more money by doing less. My personal takeaways from Second Chance for 2017. I read the summary for this book in April 2016. And it was fairly new back then. And on the same day, I actually watched a movie. And you might have heard of this movie. It's called The Big Short. It's a movie about Wall Street, about the 2008 uh, financial crisis and collapse. And in that movie, they break down nicely how a few people were able to spot this crisis beforehand and benefit massively off it. Um, I think Scion Capital, the fund, made every fund member 200 million or something like that um there was a very small fund i think the brown fund or something um who made a couple hundred million 
and then there was uh, I think uh, a division of an investment bank Morgan Stanley or something also made I think billions um, of it just by betting against the market right before it crashed because these people spotted it say a year or so before um, and that was my that was one of the key moments in which I was like man like you really got to learn more of this stuff you got to be able to spot these things these crises and so on um, and sadly this is something that is not taught in school just uh, two days ago I was talking with a subscriber on my email list about um, yeah how we never learned to deal with money as children and what you can do to do that and um, so actually whether you have children or not um, here's a couple of cool ways that um, we could teach our children to deal with money um, without having it to come from school so first of all and never pay children for doing chores, right? If you get children used to being paid for doing their dishes, you're getting them used to being paid for something that you would never be paid for. So everyone has to clean up their dishes, everyone has to clean their room, tidy up their room, and so on. So paying your kids to do these things is a terrible idea. Um, what is a good idea is giving kids an allowance, right? If you say every week you get $5, this $5 for your week, go spend them, um, and then children can learn by doing. That's important. Like they, If they spend it the first day on nothing but chewing gum, they'll realize, oh man, I don't have anything left. So that teaches them how to keep a budget. Um, and you can, of course, talk actively with them about this. Another thing that I would have loved to be taught when I was younger is that if you want money on top of your allowance, go get a job, go work, right? Because you have to work for money. Everyone does. And the sooner children learn this, the less long it'll take them to get out of the yoohoo I'm mooching off my parents blah 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 kind of lifestyle took me forever I was a college student in Germany it's very common for parents to support their kids through um, college because college doesn't cost anything technically but you have to you know pay rent and food and so on and usually the students don't um, can't manage, manage that just by working a job on the side um, and so it took me very long to realize man like Things cost money, you eventually have to hold your own. You might have to learn this on your own. Um, yeah, so these are a couple of ways we can teach our children financial literacy before um, they grow up and end up in a real world that's really nasty to them because they never learned what's up. Um, so I think that is one of the very important takeaways from this book. Uh, about the four asset categories, businesses, real estate, paper assets, commodities, I chose to go with business, especially online, more particularly online business, because I think online business is one of the most risk-free things you can do, right? Doing something online costs almost nothing, depending on what you do, um, and you can do it on the side, you can build it over time, and it keeps going and going and going. Um, I just wrote a blog post on my blog called uh, Return on Time. If you go to nicolaskiger.com slash return dash on dash time, you will see it um, and it's basically about this idea that an hour you put into building an online business like a blog is an hour much better spent than an hour you put in going to Foot Locker and working for $15 an hour because the hour at Foot Locker gets you $15 right away but it's with the payment the hour is completely uh, compensated and boom gone forever right that's an hour spent you traded it for $15 that's it an hour spent into writing a blog post or me recording these summaries 
is an hour that will pay me back for a long, long time, for as long as the product or the blog post lives on the internet, right? So forever I'll reap those rewards um, as long as I keep up the site. So it might not make me $15 right away, right? I won't get $15 for recording this next week, but in the long run, I can be sure that this has a much better return on my time. So I highly encourage you to do something with online business. And even if you want to do something else like real estate, what you could do is just document everything you do leading up to buying a condo or, or picking which kind of uh, gold to invest in uh, and so on. And you could document that online and have a business on top of your, your financial education. And lastly, I just saw a great example of someone taking on debt and using it well. Uh, I think these guys, they wanted to live at a certain beach and a certain lifestyle. They wanted to surf a lot. Um, so, And they had this really huge house with like, let's say like 20 rooms or something um, and or, or apartments in it. And they wanted to buy a house like that. So they Googled it. They found one. They got a deal. They wanted to buy it. Um, but the owners wouldn't let them. And so now they, they decided to rent it. They got a 15-year or something contract. And what they did was... Um, of course, they were just three guys, so they didn't need all the rooms and apartments, and it was way too expensive for them. So they said, well, if we're going to surf, we, we're going to build a surfing business, right? So they wanted to sell things like surfboards and so on. Um, but the kicker is, none of that was allowed because only a few people had surfing licenses in that area, and there weren't none to give out. Um, so instead, what they started doing is, hmm, well, if these people are already selling surfing stuff then let us just rent our place to those people so what they did is they got someone doing lessons they got someone doing surfboards they got someone selling beachwear they got someone doing this and that and this and that <clears throat> and they rented out the full place just by having the locals the local business that already is there uniting them under one roof and having all their surf stuff in one place they just collect the rent um, and they pay their own rent they live at the beach they don't have to work a lot and they can just go out and surf every day they want. And that's a very practical case, I think. Um, well, they didn't take on debt to pay the house, but you get the gist, right? So that would be a very practical scenario. Um, I personally haven't haven't bought anything. I'm look, um, I would love to buy an apartment within the next, I want to say, like three years. Um, but in Munich is incredibly complicated. The prices are super inflated. So I'll have to learn a lot more before I can pull that off. But I hope to land on some deal like Robert did in the end where you buy something that you have to shell out 400, 500 bucks a month for and you get 800, 900 in return. And that's a really nice profit. So don't be scared of of the things most people are scared of. Educate yourself and um, learn how to use them. So recommend uh, this this book in terms of uh, prepping for crises. Recommend the Big Short, great movie. Give that a ch give that a chance, and uh, see you on the next summary.